and welcome to Say It With Your Whole Chest, the podcast. I'm your host, Jess, also known as the Fat Funny One, and welcome. For those who have just landed here, this is your first time listening, let me just explain what Say It With Your Whole Chest is all about. It is an opportunity for people to have real conversations with real people about real life. It's a chance for people to say what they want with their whole chest, discuss what it is that they stand for, and do that in a judgment-free zone, and have maybe some conversations that are about topics that are sometimes a little bit too difficult to have day to day. This week's guest was the incredible Robert from This Father Life. He is all about fatherhood, faith and even fashion. We talked about everything from marriage, faith, parenting and just all round life. Robert really dropped some real gems and some bits of advice and just shared his journey so openly. I adore following him online and his beautiful family and this was just such a brilliant opportunity for us to talk and really dig a bit deeper into the things that make us us. We also have a favourite book and I wonder if it's your favourite too. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and enjoy. And this week I am here with Robert. Hello. Hello, 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 finally. How are you? Yes, very well. I'm really, I do really love good. asking everyone that because it just acting like I've not spoken to you for like 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm really cool. Um, uh, yeah, this is this, doing this is a break in the day. This is like going out out for me. <laughs> it's literally the highlight of my life right now yeah. <laughs> like, because I feel like I'm doing something and actually connecting with people and talking to people other than the children. Yeah. Because I just feel like the snack and printing lady like that's what I do (laughs) get snacks and print worksheets yeah 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 and the only conversation you have is daddy yes and that's it that's where it ends like you don't want anything so why you (laughs) occasionally I get can you just see this dance oh I just want to show you this can you see this and then they do some foolishness and you're like really (laughs) really yeah get that about 10 times a day yeah yeah so you are Robert from This Father Life Online. I have followed you for a while. I love what you do. But for those who don't know, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I run a, well, it started off as a fatherhood account. It, the name kind of speaks fatherhood, but I talk about all sorts of all sorts of things. But yeah, I started my account to talk about my fatherhood journey and um, to rep for Black Dads, because when I joined uh, Instagram and the blogging world, there was no black dad so that's where my account started and it's just evolved into all sorts men's lifestyle parenting race faith just all sorts of things that um that really interest me um i run my own business i run an academy a film training academy for young people that are from disadvantaged or underrepresented backgrounds um, to try and work in film production and that is pretty much my life at the moment is kids work (laughs) that's it <laughs> kids everywhere kids at work kids, kids at home yeah yeah kids all over the place kids on zoom <laughs> kids yeah everywhere. I don't know how yeah. anyone who works with children is coping with kids on zoom like I listen to Sophia's teacher and I'm like if I could have just had a thimble of her patience in life like I would be a different woman oh yes like how how so I I wrote down a few things and and actually it was all these f words <laughs> that sounds funny um but faith family fashion because you talk about that yes, as well I do, I do you yeah, do yeah, you yeah, go there yeah. and I love that I think I love that it it was a bit of everything and I guess the epitome of a lifestyle blog of a lifestyle that you are sharing is there with kind of touching on to so many different topics one that you 
feel more strongly about or one that you talk about more often than others or you feel like is more of the message you want to share more frequently yeah um I mean, it's everything that I do is grounded in fatherhood and uh, parenting. That is kind of where it, you know, where the centre of the of my account is really. But you know, all of those things like faith and race actually really come. So I, I would call it a dad's lifestyle mm-hmm. um, account, really. But it's it's all kind of grounded in the fact that I am a dad because that's the thing that I'm proudest of and I shout about you know it's that it my I treat my account as that like old school wallet where you know dads used to have all the pictures come out (laughs) of their wallet my account is that um so yeah that's that's kind of how I treat it so everything is grounded in that fatherhood and then it everything else branches off of that and speaking of fatherhood was it what you expected um at first yes and okay. it's changed a lot, I think. <laughs> as they get older and they <laughs> start moving older, and yes, talking. and they start talking back and, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. But I expected all of that. But it's just the only reason why it wasn't what I was expecting is because, like, my heart grew, like, a million times. And I didn't expect that so quickly. Um, mm. It was, like, immediately it's like, wow, what, you know, where did all this come from? Where did all these feelings come from? And now, like, I'm completely soppy can't watch things um <laughs> with like children and those sub stories uh, like that whereas before I I would I don't care about those things I would watch those things easily now I'm really soppy um and that's that's <laughs> kind of changed me <laughs> and so does your wife is she the strict parent then and are you the one who lets everyone get away with everything no I think I'm the strict parent really uh, yeah I really think I'm the strict parent because um I think I worry about them mm. I'm not a worrier in life generally but when it comes to them I worry a lot so anything jumping on the sofa like um, how they're learning how they're growing what they're saying what they're watching like it all it all worries me and because I'm not in control of it and they have to be like we really want them to be their own people yeah you know I, I think I get quite strict Okay, you need to tell me then, because I'm the one who will be like, pick my battles for the peace of the land. I'll just go with what everyone else wants. Whereas Trevor is the strict one. So Trevor will, like if he puts a boundary in place or he says, no, you're not having that, he'll stick to that. Whereas after like the fifth time they've asked me, I'm like, no, I can't be asked for the drama. Just give give them whatever they've asked for. Just, I need some peace. I need some peace. Yeah, Trevor's my man. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny. I I said to you earlier, didn't I, like, I'm normally like, oh, Trevor, I'm going to record a podcast and I'll say who the guest is. And Trev's like, okay. Um, and then I said, oh, I'm going to go and speak to Robert from This Marvel Life. He's like, oh, yeah, I love him. <laughs> um, and actually, it was part of Trevor coming online, seeing other dads, especially black dads, sharing their journeys because it isn't something that we see often. The parenting space online is very much run by white women. It's it's yeah. one of those things that we see a lot of. And so it was really refreshing for me to come across more fathers just in general, mm-hmm. and then especially black fathers. And how have you found entering that space and now becoming part of it? Initially, I was kind of quite fearless. I didn't really. Um, so I've, I kind of found some dad bloggers. Just I saw a couple in, in the news about... Um, about kind of the rise in mum bloggers and where are the dad bloggers. And that's where I kind of first saw them. And then when I went searching for other dad bloggers, I wasn't a dad blogger at that time, but when I went searching for dad bloggers, it was kind of like, 
white middle class I suppose how you would how the mum bloggers started mum influencers mm. um insta mums started yep. it was same with the insta dads it was kind of white middle class they were you know killing it at the time like with interest from so many different people and I was like not seeing many many black dads like there's not many much diversity and the stereotypes mm. that that get thrown at black fathers I just felt like we need to kind of step up and show that we are present like people yeah. need to see our faces and need to see us interacting in the same way because those stereotypes are there and they will be continually pushed by media and by people that want those stereotypes to kind of remain so I thought right let's let's try and break some and that's kind of how I started and actually I was embraced by the other dad bloggers embrace we used to meet up in real life um that is a thing like <laughs> oh, yeah. we've forgotten what that's like and, now yeah. oh yeah exactly you know we've been for a weekend away together um you know a group of dads and just to talk about dad stuff and do all that kind of thing and then met up for drinks and stuff like that so I was really embraced by that but what I found is like as a I call them my peers or my colleagues I was kind of what I call underperforming. So, you know, mm. I could I could never post a picture of my children smiling and a caption saying hashtag cuteness. <laughs> that on my like my account would be dead. Like absolutely yeah. dead. Whereas my white colleague could post exactly the same. Even maybe they could post something which is bland. Um, they could post against unseasoned. <laughs> unseasoned yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and their engagement would shoot up and I always mm. used to look and think what is different like what is different with what I'm posting and what they're posting like how is it different and I think it comes down to like you say and it might sound a shock to some people but it is that white demographic recognizing a white demographic and engaging with that more when something else comes along it was kind of that's a bit alien so you know scroll past it or you know don't mm -hmm. engage with it um, and I really felt that for quite for quite a while and then really I kind of pottered along for a long time and then George Floyd happened and mm. it was all of a sudden all of those people that I'd been interacting with but hadn't been interacting with me I was like hot new account on the block to follow mm. for for about a week and I was like Mm, this is interesting because I've been messaging you guys, like interacting with with you online, um, supporting you, nothing back. And all of a sudden, here you are. Everyone <laughs> wanted to do a bit of learning and yes. diversify their feed. Yeah, yeah. And there was this massive influx. Influx, yeah, and yeah. Exactly. how do you think that's changed? Because we are now, what, six, seven months on. Yeah. And it had and and it wasn't you know just in even in the parenting space a lot of my friends colleagues people online who have now become friends had this massive surge of interest and engagement and people wanting to learn and diversify their feed and then just nothing like it just then went back mm -hmm. to normal we took you know five steps forward and a million steps back have you found that that's changed considerably yeah, it changed. So my my wave lasted um, about a month, and then it kind of went down. It's 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 been going okay actually, but it's um yeah there was a big wave and then it went down. And I think the expectations people had of me come into my account because of Blackout Tuesday was was the day when mm. people flocked 
because of that, their expectations of my account is that they would get taught every single post that I would post would be a teaching moment or a lesson. Mm. And it just wasn't because that's not what my account was about. And I went through this real period of, should I give people what they want? Should I change my account? Should I talk more about it? Should I um, lean into it? You know, but then I just came to the conclusion of, no, I've spoken about it alongside fatherhood ever since I started the blog for like three years before this happened. So I don't need to change. Like if they want to stay, they'll stay. If they, you know, if they don't, they don't. So, um, you know, the audience I've got now is very small, but they're very engaged in terms of talking about race and fatherhood and faith and they're a very polite audience okay <laughs> I, I to be fair I must admit I do have a really nice polite audience I mean occasionally someone crops up from random oh, from yeah. the depths of nowhere <laughs> it, it's so interesting you say that because what I find so I don't know whether it's strange is the right word is that everybody wanted to have this big learning didn't they like you said they went to all these pages to learn all this stuff and actually, the, the most simple learning they could have done was diversifying their feed. So the narratives that they hold of all these stereotypes that they have been led to believe would be broken down. And that in itself would have been a learning, yeah. yeah. i.e. the assumptions about black fathers, actually following a whole host of black fathers and seeing the, the truth of what that can look like for a lot of families would have been a learning. Yeah. But it was almost too simple. Like, no, unless you're actually giving me straight things that I can research and a fact that I can learn, I'm not learning anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to be like, no, you're actually (laughs) learning by seeing and absorbing, you know, and consuming content of real families and seeing a narrative that is different from what you perceive to be common. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I also think there was this trend towards like really showing that you're an ally, like you're really going to show mm. me that you're supporting me, like by overly liking stuff or, or telling <laughs> me what you're doing. And it's kind of like, well, that's great. Like I like interacting with you and having conversations with you. But like you say, just by following my account and acting as though I'm a norm, because I think that that reaction is also a form of othering it's like Mm. I'm gonna tell you every day what I'm doing and it makes you it still makes you feel like another whereas if you treat me I don't want to say well equally Mm. if you give me equal amount of attention if attention if you if you engage in a natural way like you would engage with say a white dad or a white mum or or whoever else then that is showing me that you're doing things naturally and not forcing and not putting me in a situation which I don't want to be in it's the idea that people feel like they can't relate just because they don't look like someone and I find that so and I'm not sure whether it's because I'm mixed so I didn't really look like my mum or my dad I kind of was stuck in the middle but well I actually do look like my mum but I don't know whether it's that but I find it so interesting that people feel like unless you instantly can relate by just looking at someone then you can't relate to them and actually parenting is universal like there is I I was really lucky to be part of a project last year that was talking about parenting worldwide and I got to connect with parents all over the world all different races ethnicities backgrounds faiths literally all over the world and all of us had the same problem (laughs) 
all of us were like, yeah, the kids get on our nerves. We love yeah, them, yeah. but it's yeah. hard and there's pressure and there's this and there's that. And I didn't look like any of those people, but I find it so interesting that people instantly think I can't relate to you or your journey because I don't look like you. And there was that whole thing with loose women, wasn't there? When there was an all black female panel yes. and the comments were like, well, I can't relate to this. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. you actually probably could. And probably might have more in common with one of those women than one of the white women that you see every yeah. day. But it's because you're, you're listening, yeah. right? Because you're only going by what you can see and not what you're, what you're listening to or what you yeah. can hear. Your assumptions are actually I can't relate to him. And actually, a lot of the content that you share, especially around parenting, is literally a hundred percent relatable. Yeah, and yeah, I'm a exactly. mum. Race, race aside, I'm a mum, and I can relate to your fatherhood journey because parenting yeah. is parenting. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the things like with my audience and I worry about my account growing. Like I've got a really small audience that, as I say, are engaged, always having these kinds of conversations, like not about race, about parenting or about, mm. you know, working or about running your own business or whatever it may be, TV, films, whatever it is. And I love that, like the audience that I've got at the moment and the people that I'm connect with have got amazing stories and they're happy to share with me as well as ask me questions it's not like a one-way they're not yeah. they don't seem like voyeurs of my life it's like a, a two-way thing which I love but I do worry about my account growing because I worry like you say that it's going to attract that kind of well let's call them trolls <laughs> that's mm. what they're called those kind of people that are trolling that are looking for I don't relate to you because, or I'm going to criticize you about this, or I'm going to prove you wrong that black dads aren't present or whatever it is. I've mm. had that a couple of times, but those people got blocked swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I find that the like humorous isn't is not the right word but but to some degree I do because so growing up obviously one of my parents is black one of my parents is white and the assumptions so my my mum's a single mum I grew up with just my mum my brother and the assumptions that my absent father was my black parent was so like people were so shocked that my mum was black and my dad was white and it was just this assumption that people had I was a mixed race child from a single parent household my mum must be white and my dad must be black that that was just the and it's only now on reflection as an adult I look back and I'm like wow that people weren't shocked that my mum was black because she's black they were shocked she was black because she was a single mum and it meant that my white parent was the one that wasn't present yeah 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 yeah. and I'm like that's so deep it is yeah and absent father is just a universal issue 100% it's an issue no matter what but I think the um the black absent father has been the narrative so that's what people want to see (laughs) and want to hear yeah, and it, the, the and I guess sometimes I think, well, that's all we're fed, isn't it? On like when you watch what you watch, film, whether it's film, TV, or whatever it is, that's the narrative that is constantly pushed on people. So that is just what they assume without doing the research or having the, I don't know whether it's common sense to know otherwise. But it, it's been something that's been really interesting to me, especially not having a dad in my life until I was twenty seven. And then looking back and thinking, oh, wow. Mm. So people really assume that. And then almost being a bit proud of going, actually, my absent (laughs) father was white. (laughs) Like like having an absent father is like something like some achievement. I'm like, actually, guys, just to prove you're all wrong, (laughs) he's white. Now what? Now what are your assumptions about it? Talking about assumptions as well. And this is one thing that I don't want my, I didn't want my account to be because I saw it all over the place is that uh, hapless, slapstick dad kind of routine in terms Mm. of like oh I can't change nappies or I can't do this I can't do that because 
I think that it was so beyond that, like was so far beyond that and people don't necessarily want to see. So not only did I want to show the present kind of dad, but also we're not hapless. We know how to change Mm. a nappy. And it's funny because like, I still get it sometimes now, but 80% of my audience are female. And I would say probably 79% of those are mums. And initially, when I started, the amount of advice that you would get or the are blessed. Don't Trevor get so many of the are blessings and I don't want to start cussing because I'm like, no one's messaging me saying are blessed. (laughs) And it's like, I don't want that. I don't want to be the are blessed or the, you know, it must be, you know, I don't want that. I don't want that on my account. So Trevor gets that. He gets like, literally women will message me. Jess is so lucky. I'm like, sorry, which part? Like, <laughs> like I am. I'm very blessed. But like, pardon? Like, yeah. literally, he will take the kids to the park. And it's almost like there's this really low bar for fatherhood yeah. and what people can do, you know, and get a certificate for in comparison to motherhood. And, and I, I, I don't get it. I, I get it, but I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I think if we were in a different time, like, you know, 10 20 years ago or whatever then yes you can kind of get even then it was kind of fading out but now I don't think it's it's a thing I mean I had a brand once that wanted to do a campaign with me which was like I think it was called dad's day but the brief was that they wanted to see how many parenting tasks that I could do in one day and let (laughs) the mum you know (laughs) let the mum kind of relax and I was like well I do half of these anyway like and they wanted me to film like whether I whether I completed it, how well I completed it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm I'm not into all this because I do half of this anyway. Um, me and my partner, me and my wife kind of like do everything. Um, yeah. you know, not not necessarily equally, but you know, we do everything. She doesn't let me slack in any way, shape, or form. If I don't know how to do something, she'll be showing me. So all of that is 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 in the past, I believe. Yeah, and like my our dynamic at home is very different. Trevor is now a stay-at-home dad. He has been for two years now, coming up to two years. And people are always surprised by that, always surprised by that. And I remember we were out. It must have been a while ago because we were out and we were out at a, a barbecue with friends and a friend of a friend was there and they were asking what we did, you know, those conversations. Oh, what do you do? And Trevor was like, oh, I stay at home like I'm a stay-at-home dad. And he looked at me and he went, well, what do you do then? And we were like, uh, so then I started really, cause I'm just sassy and I get really like defensive. And I was like, well, actually I own a business. I don't, and I just started reeling <laughs> off all this stuff. And he just stared at us and Trevor was like, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I just was so, I was angry for Trevor because of the, that whole comment. I just thought, why would you do that? And, and equally like you, he gets approached with like, oh you know it'd be really great to see you doing this versus mom or and trevor's like but i but that is what i do and jess yeah. jess is in, isn't here <laughs> like, <laughs> that is what i do and there are some brands who are really forward-thinking and really inclusive and will you know consider that and we had a, a brand once say oh can you do a day in the life of and like on your channels jess and i said that's great but I'm not here in the day. So really yeah. Trevor's got to do that vlog because it's Trevor who gets the kids ready. It's yeah. Trevor who chooses their clothes. It's not me. And they were like, oh, okay, great. Like, and it was fine. But I just thought the assumption yeah. is yeah. so, and I know that's just based on history and, and you know, the gender roles that people have played historically. 
but like you said not now like come on yeah, guys yeah, yeah. there's enough and, there's enough out there now yeah exactly and i'm a firm believer of a dad can never replace a mum like in that in that respect because they're two different they're two different partners in in one kind of relationship and i don't think whether it's a dad and a dad, a mum and a mum and mum and a dad, whatever it is, you can't replace each other. You can't replace mm. another human being. Like you all have your own way of doing things, own things, your things that you're good at, you know, different dynamics that you bring is completely different. And I never believe one can replace another. So it's never to take away like anything from the mum's role. There's some things, well, a dad can't <laughs> breastfeed and, and do all of that <laughs> kind of stuff so that's yeah. you know that's a non-starter but it's just recognizing the differences that those roles bring or those people bring yeah and it's people I truly believe it takes a village like Sophia mm. if something breaks doesn't ask me or Trevor she asks her nan every time she asks Trevor's mum and she'll break something and go oh don't worry I'll ring nanny nanny will fix it because yeah. that's the role that yeah. nanny plays she she fixes things and yeah. me and daddy do all sorts of other stuff but that's that's the role that someone plays so like you said there's no replacing of anyone in a child's life if that's yeah. who they identify with providing them with that thing whether it's knowledge or fixing something or mm. the one who taught them to ride a bike whatever that looks like for them that's yeah. just what they that's see yeah. and it, it's such a beautiful thing now you are very positive and even though you talk about really serious issues you do have this thread of joy that I, I love to see from your page have you got a I don't want to say top tip but how do you stay and remain so positive when things don't always feel that way this one is really hard because I've been asked it before and I never really have <laughs> I never really have an answer. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I think it comes down to the individual. And I think I'm very blessed in the fact that I'm quite good at compartmentalizing situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so things can be falling down around me. And if but if I decide to like have a positive outlook or, or block those things out, I can do it which is why people say I'm really good in a, in a stressful situation or emergency situation. Like <laughs> when, <laughs> when my wife was um, in labor, I was like, I turned into the midwife. I thought I was the midwife. Actually, <laughs> the midwife actually told me that she will do her job. Um, <laughs> that's, so, like, that's so funny. Yeah. She said to Sherry, I'm right. Listen to me, focus on me, look at me. And I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, I can do that. So I think when it comes to like, uh, the thread of joy or positivity I do have like stresses and anxieties and all of that kind of stuff but I'm very good at putting those in a in a little box and looking at mm. what what really matters and what I have around me so I suppose my kind of tip would be always look at what you have around you like everything could be going wrong but if in your immediate surroundings you've you're in a home you've got your children, you've got your, even if it's your like favorite food or you've got a tub of ice cream or whatever it may be, find something Mm. that reminds you that actually things could be a lot worse. And that's, you know, that's how I look at things. It's true. Gratitude. And I I literally did a post today about just think of something that you're grateful for. And Mm. it can feel a bit eye rolly, like, especially when so much is going on in the world and it can feel really difficult and really tough. And, uh, you know, someone goes, oh, just think of something. You're like, oh, oh, okay. Like it it can, but actually, and I only know this because I've done it, is actually really embracing that 
I'm really thinking about what you're grateful for and thankful for. And it can be as simple as sometimes, you know, I have a prayer journal and I write down my, my gratitude in there. And sometimes I'll literally write, thank you for waking me up this morning, that we've got a roof over our heads and food in our bellies. That, yeah. that could just be as simple as that. And then when I really think about that, I'm like, no, no, I really am grateful for yeah, that. Yeah. that that's, yeah. that's, that's a really big thing. Yeah. That's a really and, big thing. And I always think things like that, like you talked about your gratitude post, I think, helping people see that is always very passive because you are right. Like people going through situations that you have no clue of, and it could be dire for them. Like that could be all that they see or all that they um, know. And when someone's in that situation, the last thing that they want is someone (laughs) telling them, Oh, look on the bright side. (laughs) You know, that's the last thing they want. If they're in that mindset, it's, there's nothing you can do actively you cannot tell them, you cannot, you know, force them into positivity. So I find it very passive in that way. All you can do is show them what you do, show mm. them a different way, show them the, you know, thing, or maybe point things out that you are grateful for. And then they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. That will jog their memory and, and it'll take them out of their situation rather than the last thing that they want to hear is someone saying, oh, there must be something you're grateful for. Look, you've got, <laughs> they don't want to hear that. They're no, not hearing that. People have started calling it toxic positivity. That's kind of a yes. phrase that I've been hearing thrown around at the moment. And it's true. And I always try and balance things out. So I did that post and I was like, think of something. But then I also put, and if you can't, just go back to bed and wake up tomorrow and try again. Like, it's yeah, fine. Because yeah. I try and balance it out because it is hard when you're not in the right mindset and someone else is like, yay. And you're like, no. That yeah, can actually yeah, yeah. make someone feel worse. Worse, yeah, um, absolutely. I'm not sure, and I think a lot of my change has been because of my journey through faith. Do you think being grounded in your faith has helped with that? 185.5. <laughs> like, it it definitely has. Um, just having that time, and especially in these times, like, we're going through, like, second lockdown, just having those I'm like second hundredth lockdown aren't we like we're lockdown number five (laughs) or whatever it is yeah whatever it is it's second to me (laughs) positivity remember I'm positive Um, I'm just gonna half them just so I can feel better yeah uh yeah going through like lockdown it it really gives you that time to if you have a faith to like reflect on it and reflect Mm. on all of those things and seek new direction it's definitely something that I've been doing and actually me and my wife have been doing as as a couple um it's like seeking new direction like what 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 is it that i can do what are the things that are going to come out of this that are positive or are you know what can we jump on what can we achieve even in our nut situation with children and working and all of that kind of stuff what is it that we we can do is it to sit still is it to act on something that we've got that we've been hiding for a long time or whatever it is so those things one it takes your mind off two it gives you that sense of you can offload Mm. stresses Um, and three it gives you a focus um, something to focus on and yeah so it it 100% has been has helped being grounded yeah it's been a journey for me I think the other thing for me that I found is that I grew up in church and then got to teenage years and probably did what everyone else did and then kind of left for a little bit Um, (laughs) and then had a few kids and then got married and then over the last couple of years it's been something that I have realized has given me so much peace that I didn't necessarily I was searching everywhere else for and even in my husband and in my life like I just I wanted peace and happiness from everyone 
and actually realized it didn't sit in any of those things. Yes, those things are added bonuses. You know, it's great, but actually it's not my husband's sole role to keep me happy and to give me peace. That's mine to seek and for me to find that. And I found that more so in my faith. And I realized also in these times, especially, it's also kind of relieved this sense of I'm a bit of a control freak. I want to be able to control everything, control the outcome, have a plan, know what's happening. And it, it, offloads this sense of anxiety of what's going to happen next what's what's it going to look like are we going to be okay because I have the faith that actually it will be and it's not up to me and that for me has been a massive like weight off my shoulders yeah because yeah. I'm suddenly like oh I can breathe don't worry yeah, about exactly. it it's gonna be okay yeah exactly and I think like I always try when I approach that um publicly and like on my account and stuff I always try to allow people to relate it in the way that feels comfortable for them so like mm. I know some people are like use crystals or you know have other ways that they you know other spiritual things that they they may do so I try and relate it to that but for me it's like I see a lot of these positive um, quotes or positive affirmations online and people are posting and I actually look at them and say well that's in the bible like turn to the bible <laughs> but people don't realize like they th- when they think about the bible they mm. think about like oh it's ancient times and it's you know jesus walking around and blah 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 yes it is but if you just scratch the surface and read any page proverbs for example oh my um, gosh i'm reading proverbs know, now i love yeah, it so much you just go to it and you can be encouraged all of those quotes on instagram probably every single one proverbs. is probably in proverbs yeah <laughs> And you can just turn to it and and see it. So, so yeah, it's really, um, you know, it, that is really kind of encouraging for me is that I know that I've got this book that I can turn to and, Mm. you know, lose myself in or, you know, whatever it is or encourage my wife or encourage somebody else or, you know, whatever it may be. That's so funny. I literally had this conversation last week with one of my best friends who's also a Christian. We were talking and we've been reading Proverbs throughout January. So there's 31 chapters. So we've been reading one every day. And we got halfway and we were like, this is literally like Instagram quote word. Like this is (laughs) like the hub of all these quotes we've ever seen. I literally hear. And we were almost laughing about it. And some of them, when they're like, translated are like hilarious like there was one I'd rather be in the desert than live with a quarrelsome wife and we just thought it was like the funniest thing ever and I was like that's Trevor Trevor's like I'd rather be in the desert than live with my quarrelsome wife but actually they and they covered things that were so modern day like we yes. were like this is and that was so amazing and like you say I'm very respectful and mindful of everyone's way of feeling faithful or spiritual or holding on to whatever it is that guides them and helps them that's fine but we were like this is so funny like yeah, this is yeah. exactly what it we're is reading. it is the original hashtag motivational monday <laughs> like that is that is it all in one place and i think yeah you read it and you think actually this is so relevant like to mm. what i'm going through or what's happening or you know all of it and you just you see what's happening with like governments or pandemic or whatever it may be like and it's all in there like it's already in there and you read it and you think you don't believe it until you actually see it on the page and you think this is everything that's going on now is talked about right here in like Mm. revelation or whatever it is um, wherever it may be but yeah it's it's an eye-opener put it that way it is I I did 
watch a video a few years ago and it was someone who was giving motivational quotes and then quotes or, or verses from the Bible and asking people where they thought they came from. And he found it really interesting because people were like, oh, that's this per- famous person said it or this famous person said it. And he was like, no, this is this is biblical. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I, even when I talk and, and when I've done talks in the past, especially around body confidence and stuff, like my mum always used to say to me, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And if I say that to someone now whether I tell them it's biblical or not, they're really encouraged by it. Yeah. Because it just, no matter how you believe you're made, knowing that about yourself can make you feel really good. And so I always say like, it's just going back to it. It's it's like a big motivational book. So you can listen to the Tony Robbins of the world. That's great. I love him too. (laughs) But actually this is just another book that, is is so motivational and so wonderful yeah and i'm always like everyone should read it probably this just made you made me laugh that you said about (laughs) hashtag motivation one day because i literally had this conversation last week Um, (laughs) yeah it is so one last thing i'm going to touch on you did a beautiful post about your wife recently which made me laugh because trevor liked it and i was like oh so you can like robert's post yeah about his wife Oh gosh, what did but I where's, say? Where's my dedication post, please? <laughs> um, but it was such a beautiful post and you really uplifted her. And I wanted to just say, not that no, just by that, I'm like, you're obviously the guru of all marriages. But what is your top tip for maybe someone in a new relationship or who is getting married or in a relationship? Because I know that a lot of people have really suffered. You know, it, when I used to do the confessions for Say It With Your Whole Chest, so many people would be like, my husband's getting on my nerves. <laughs> I can't be trapped in the house with him any longer. So what tip or advice would you give to someone who is maybe struggling with their spouse and it doesn't matter who their spouse is, but, you know, struggling and how do you maintain that, that loveliness? Yeah. I think think for us, um, like it might make people feel sick, but we we very rarely argue. Like I cannot. Okay. We're done here now. Thank you so much for coming (laughs) onto the podcast. But the thing is, it's not like we don't disagree. So we'll disagree, mm. we'll get on each other's nerve, but we very rarely argue. And I think for us, and it's cliche to say, like communication is is massive. If something's yeah. getting on our nerves. We we just say it, like we'll say it there and then. We won't wait and sit down and say, oh, you know what you did earlier? That really got on my nerves and it made me feel like this. That's That works for some people. But for us, we'll just say it like Shirianne will say to me, don't get on my nerves like straight away if I say something something to her or annoy her she'll be like what are you doing like and she'll give me that stare or that look and I'll be like okay you've said it now and that's enough for us like we could do that's enough for us most of the time to realize okay let's let's go to a different room or you know let's find out what it is Mm. that I've said or whatever it is and and that's really key we very rarely argue we never ever go to bed upset like we, if there is something that's upset us, we'll always sort that out before we go go mm. to sleep. Um, we never like wake up in a mood or um, you know not talking to each other, prolonging a fight or whatever it is. Um, never ever do that. And just recognizing that we will like we're people at the end of the day. Yes, we're married. Yes, we love each other. But you will get on the other person's nerves like they will annoy you you will have differences and differences of opinion when kids are involved as well you have differences of how you raise the children or what you've said to the children and I think a lot of the time knowing that that's okay like and that's fine it's normal then you know 
that that helps a lot and just communication i i always say like if you've had an argument and you're struggling with your partner they're probably struggling as well and if mm-hmm. one person says something that struggle can just break in an instant like if you if you approach it if you take a step back and approach it like i'm not a marriage counselor by the way but this is what <laughs> listen you sound <laughs> like one i'm my, like keep going i'm gonna get my pen and start my, writing things down <laughs> this is my advice like if you just stop the you just break the stubbornness and approach it in a calm way then often that other person feels a sense of relief yeah that, you know and then things naturally you know um disintegrate from there but um in terms of the argument not the marriage the argument <laughs> disintegrates um from there and you can carry on but yeah saying it straight away if something gets on your nerves it gets on your nerves and not looking for an argument continuously would I be feel like advice. you that was a word that I needed to hear <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh I just got a message yeah okay it's true though and it, it's one of those things that is it is hard and I think I love what you said about being individuals too because mm. there's a lot of pressure with what we see online that everybody is hashtag relationship goals yeah. so we just naturally assume that it's perfect for everyone. No one gets on each other's nerves. And then you look inwards and think, why am I getting it so wrong? Yeah. And that's not just with with anything. Um, And I guess that's one of the reasons why I I love your content because you're so honest and authentic. And so it, it, makes it relatable because you know not everybody's perfect all the time and you're not painting this picture of perfect parenting or perfect marriage or perfect anything you're just saying this is this is my life and this is how how we are and some days are great some days are not this is what we do this is fun this is not and that's so wonderful to see and I, I just wish there was more of that yeah 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 absolutely and it's one it's sometimes I think it's one or the other like it's mm. people either go like oh everything's great everything's rosy and when you kind of know it's not or they go like oh I'm really struggling this all my content is about me struggling um and it's very rarely that kind of balance and I love yeah. to see people's accounts where they can balance those things whatever situation they're in or whatever their interest or passion is or whatever their account is about they always balance the reality with the um you know with the what their message is um Mm. and what they actually want to say and actually to add to the whole kind of struggling in relationships thing is like I'm always an advocate of before you get married no like don't enter marriage until you absolutely know um and if you're in a kind of relationship that's outside of marriage sometimes you're not compatible like sometimes people are just not compatible Mm. and if someone is getting on your nerves and it's bringing you down that much you really need to look at whether you're actually compatible or whether it's a wrong match like I, I I'm going to make sure that this comes out after Valentine's Day <laughs> <laughs> Because many like, people are going to have Valentine's plans, and if I put this like, up before, people are going to be like, "I got no Valentine's oh, plans now." <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I listened to um, TD Jakes the other day. And oh, he I said, love him, old yeah, school, but he's oh, brilliant. No, he said. Um, if something fits, you shouldn't have to work so hard. You should work hard at figuring out where it goes. But once it fits, you shouldn't be working hard. And he used the analogy of, I can't connect my, I think he said, leg bone to my head bone. If I try to do that, it's hard work. Mm. Um, it's going to hurt um, and it's going to take a while. Once it's fixed, there's always going to be some kind of friction because it's never in place properly, blah, blah, blah. But once I work out where that leg bone actually goes and what socket it goes in, it might be hard work to find it. 
but once it's there it will you know be smooth so you know he said that and I was just like yes I was I was <laughs> I was in the bathroom like praising and, <laughs> and whatever else because I was like yes this is a word this is a word for for everybody and for all situations I was just gonna say for all it doesn't even have to be mm. relationship based that is such a I'm gonna I'm gonna end on that because I think that was such a beautiful thing to end on because it summarizes everything doesn't it? Mm. it it can be related to relationships your career your and mm. anything if something doesn't feel right if it's more effort than it should be if the, if it's causing friction if it's causing pain if it's not quite right then it's not quite right yeah. and it's okay to figure it out I think people yeah. get so worried about figuring it out or figuring it out wrong we all figure it out wrong sometimes you have to do a lot of that in life that's just kind of part of it but yeah. when you get it right it should feel good yeah yeah 100%. and that's 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 that what is next for this father life then what can we expect to see and where can we find you well um you can always expect to see me um on my account that's not going anywhere <laughs> i think the uh the the aim or the message of my account will remain but the content may change slightly Mm. Um, I'm looking at other things, leaning more into the dad lifestyle rather than just parenting, um, because parents need their own thing. They just, mm. they're not, they're not their kids. Um, so yeah, that will happen. Um, and my business as well will start to flow into my account as well. So that whole, um, yeah, business owner, self-employed type thing will start to creep in and you'll see much more. That's that. exciting yes that's really exciting you have been such a dream to talk to you thank you so so much for sharing so much and um, I'm going to link all of your details below <laughs> so everyone will know where to find you um thank but you. thank you so much for sharing for just being you and for being authentically you not just here but online too and for being such a source of wonderfulness and joy for all of us that interact with you online and thanks for having me on it's been an absolute pleasure to to be on we're just so glad we don't have to speak to the kids for an hour <laughs> we're like this has been great because we've, we've had an hour's break <laughs> thank you so much thank you